Kiora, and welcome to the Machinist Therapy Hotline. Can you believe it? It's the end of the year. It's New Year's Eve here in New Zealand. It's not New Year's Eve in California. It might be New Year's Eve, maybe in Tonga. Definitely New Year's Eve in Australia. They have boomerangs, not fucking red bands. So we are on like Donkey Kong. Let's see if the Dream Team are here. Shane Paul. Oh, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> oh. Bad timing. <laughs> Story of my life. Tony Klauser. I'm just sitting here with a fizzy bumhole. Let's go. Oh, and me, Jody Tuckwell. We are the trio of Machinist Therapy Hotline. It's been a busy year. We're going to talk about as much as we possibly can without boring the fuck out of everyone. So without further ado, let's get on with the, with the podcast. podcast. Boomer, how you going? I'm good, man. How are you doing? Oh man, you are looking sick. Like as Thank in like, you. like like I got awesome. I got cut up today, so feeling good, looking good. Mm. You've uh, had your ears lowered, like it. Yeah. What's what's been happening in your world? Uh I took this whole week off, so I've just been kind of hanging out at home and doing things around here and kicking it with the kids and Archer has been getting his two year molars. Mm. so he's been not sleeping for the last few weeks so he it he's doing better now but at first he was he started teething and then he also had a cold and so he would wake up at about one in the morning and just be like miserable and so i'd like come out in the living room and like lay on the couch he'd just kind of lay on you and watch peppa pig and munch on goldfish if I if I remember correctly, I think even just teething alone gives him a slight fever and fucking snot, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. The this set of teeth, Felix was really bad when he got his second year molars. Um, so yeah, it's it sucked, but he's woken up about four or five every day this week. So if, I, if, I, if only you had some sort of family member that was in the dental industry. I mean, <laughs> let's well, hope. you know, there's there's nothing they can do for him, really. Nah, so that's right. We just yeah. give him Motrin and Tylenol and occasionally Benadryl at night to maybe help him sleep better. But that's all you can do. Just mm-hmm. ride it out. I heard that an ice an ice cube that had been soaking in brandy works pretty good, too. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's an old wives tale told by fathers. I believe you're right. <laughs> it works well for somebody. We just don't know who it really works well for. I reckon it worked well for me, but I don't know. <laughs> oh, the baby's fine. Trust me. <laughs> the, the, the worst the worst feeling as a parent is seeing your child like sick or so <clears throat> miserable and there's nothing you can do to change it. Like that is, that yeah. is the worst feeling. Yeah, like. it's terrible. And especially, you know, he doesn't talk, so he can't tell us what's wrong or he doesn't understand, you know, anything we tell him. So, yeah, I, I remember when I first started dating Katie and uh, my daughter was with, they were both two and a half when they met and uh, hmm. we went to Chuck E. Cheese pizza and everybody partied and fucking ate pizza and drank soda and crawled through the tunnels and blah, blah, blah. And we get home and I'm staying at my bachelor pad with my other buddy. And so it was my weekend to have my kid. And she's all, I don't feel so good. I need a nick of water. I said, okay. And we're luckily we were the only ones there. He was out on a date 
and we gave her a drink of water and she's just like i don't feel good dad and i'm like well, what's going on and it was like this is the only experience i've ever had with projectile vomiting i mean we started <laughs> the one side of the kitchen and i was behind her holding her in her hair and we kept backing up and backing up and backing up and probably about 12 inch wide stream for about eight feet i'm like i was like holy fuck this is like shit i've seen in the movies and i called katie i said i don't know what to do I think she's done now. I'm cleaning this stuff up. She's sitting on the couch and Katie came over. And we got her some seven up and some water in her and wipe her down with a washcloth. And, but that was fucking scary, man. I had never seen anything like that. But like to what Jody was saying, you know, it's pulls at your heartstrings when they're not feeling well and you wish you could just put yourself in that spot and take the pain away. Yeah. A couple Christmases ago, um, we were at my grandfather's house and Felix was kind of walking around and he was going up to everybody when we were having dessert and everyone would be like, Oh, here, have some cheesecake. <laughs> and he had his own piece. And so when we got home, he was just like, Oh, I don't feel good. And we put him to bed and then he woke <laughs> up like two hours later, just screaming. And we went it like when we opened that door and turned that light on, Oh my God. Like he had thrown all of that up and it was uh, everywhere. Geez. It was on the walls. It was in the mm. carpet. It was, I mean, it was everywhere. Yeah. I was, was um, good. I was on a, I was on a double decker bus. I was, it was a coach. So I got on a coach and it was, I was coming out of Bangkok. So started, got up to the back of the bus. I was with my mate Dave and my mate Jim and we got right down to the back on the top. And there was a 12-hour drive from Bangkok all the way down to southern Thailand. So we're sitting in the back, and I was like, okay, well, this is a bit bit of a new experience. Long bus drive, see how we go. Guys, frozen again. Oh, man, that's about half inches. Let me take a picture. Oh, oh I was going to get back. a picture of that. You were like this. My penis is this long. Like, <laughs> and you were froze for about 10 seconds. I'm going to take a photo well, of where, where, Whereabouts did I get to? Was I on the back of the bus? We were on Bangkok, and we were on the top deck, and then all of a sudden I whipped up my penis and was like this. Okay. You were with Dave and somebody else. Oh, yeah. Okay. Go, go, go. Okay. So we're in the back of the bus and then we're, we're about to start a 12 hour journey. And you can imagine it's like 30 odd degrees. It's muggy as hell. And the, the coach just leaves Bangkok. We get onto the sort of highway and you're on the top of this coach. It's going, next thing I know, the, there's a couple in the, the, the seats just in front. And you talk about projectile vomiting. This woman just opened up and just went, it was like some crazy fucking clown thing. It just got... And the poor people in front of them just basically got co completely covered in vomit. Like That's gross. As oh, hell, man. man. And then we had to stop the bus and get out of the bus. And it was just like, holy shit. We are like still have 11 hours and 50 minutes to go. And the whole fucking coach stinks of vomit. Ugh. Just imagine right now that this time... And place where we're at, if that happened, how many people would play? If I could have a heart attack because they're pretty sure they just got COVID <laughs> covered with COVID vomit. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Now I'm going to die. I'm going to sue you and everything else. I yeah. think COVID would be the least of my worries at that point, <laughs> especially in Bangkok. <laughs> yes, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Anything over five foot six is definitely a man. So, um, Boomer, you've got a well deserved break, like, because your year has just been almost compounded into this last two months where you've been moving building you got yeah. new machines coming in you got new people it's just like a roller coaster yeah 
yeah, it's been pretty wild, man. We've got three new machines being set up right now. Um, no, four. We've got three new integrexes and then the uh, the new Citizen also. So it's been pretty wild. There's a lot of kind of, you know, logistical stuff working out, you know, with contractors and and the the apps guys and getting all the tooling and this and that and the other thing. So it's been pretty busy. And on top of that, trying to keep everything else running and um, yeah, it's been pretty nuts, man. And you, you've, you, you've moved in just down from Alfred at AB tools, right? Oh yeah. We're like maybe a quarter mile away. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So do you get to go there and, and hang out with their, at their pool table and their, no, their I haven't. I, I'll, I'll occasionally I'll bug him to like cut down a carbide boring bar for me or something. He cut down like a, I think it was a 16 mil one for me a while back. So, well, if you're feeling really stressed, you should probably hit him up and see if he'll pick you up in his uh, Corvette, go back to his place, <laughs> sit in the jacuzzi, smash beers, and stroke smash some old beers. Cat. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. That'd be awesome. Yeah. We'll listen to some good music, hang out, drink some beers. Does he does he like good music though? I thought it, oh he just likes one band, isn't it? Doesn't he it? likes Tesla? There's nothing oh, wrong with right, Tesla. Tesla. <laughs> okay. That's so right. good. They're the freaking number one groupies. They are modern day cowboy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. He goes everywhere looking for Tesla, which is amazing. Yeah. No, they're they're cool guys, man. Everyone kind of in town knows them just because mm-hmm. they're from Sacramento. So you see them around. They're pretty down to earth. They would be on first name basis though. Like oh, out. with Alfred, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. He's posted several pictures with him, just like out and about. They'll be like, "Hey, Alfred, thanks so much for basically paying for us to go and play music." <laughs> I much. saw them with. They played here a couple years ago. I saw them with um, Joan Jett and Sticks. Wow! And it was a really good show. Uh, who are Sticks? I don't think I've heard. You of don't Sticks. know who Sticks is? Oh, oh, don't, is don't, don't give me. Mr. Roboto? I'm sailing away. I'm lost. You don't know that song, oh, Mr. Roboto. Uh, I just had it on the video the other day. Maybe. Well, you, yeah. Okay. I can't remember every music that you put on your video, Tony, because you put a lot of music what on the your stories. <laughs> That's what it's all about. What's that other song? Too Much Time on My Hands. Yeah. I got too much time on my hands. Oh, very good. Blue Collar Man. Yeah. Um, mm. shit. Was, they are one of those bands. Like I went, like I, I went with this biker guy that I knew and his wife, Ooh. and then me Ooh. and my wife. Oh, and, okay. I um, thought you were just going to say the biker dude. I was like, yeah. yeah go <laughs> Don't you have like secret handshakes where they sort of just tickle the inside of your palm like this? I, I wouldn't the know. Fuck is wrong with this guy? Um, I swear to God. But Sticks had like there are at least like six or seven songs that like you heard it and you're like. Oh, that's their song. I I didn't. They're, yeah, I, I heard that song a million times. You know, somewhere, but I just didn't know ever know who it yeah, was. Is a renegade one too? Yeah, that's yeah. one. We used to sing that in the sixth grade, man. So I, I want to come back to you in a minute, Shane, about all your machines and everything else. Yeah. But Tony, what, dude? If we're talking about big years. Holy shit! Like. 2021. Did you say big ears or years? Yeah, well, you've got big ears as well, but let's just talk about years. That uh, oh. This has been a huge one for you and especially Katie as well, right? Like you guys have just done this so much. 
in this this year. Yeah, there's a lot going on. I think last year's when we actually bought out the oh yeah business partner. Yeah, that was last year. So that, this that year, was big, but this is when you're yeah. building, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, uh, COVID's one thing, but what it's done to the industry is a totally another thing. And what it's done to semiconductor is huge with people at home and laptops at home, games at home, everything at home. And then, yeah, it's just been, it's been massive. And anybody like, like Boomer, you know, is, uh, any of the good shops in the States that make quality shit are and machine tools, sales are going, you can't even, you can't even fucking get on a list hardly to get a new machine tool. If you're, if you wanted one today, the soonest they're going to tell you is six months, maybe. And then when it gets to the other couple and then everybody is is so busy it's just yeah it's insane so some of the stuff we moved around in our shop we moved some old equipment out the one that old mill was dead uh the other big lt15 was limping along and then we were running the one weekend they came in money turn them on and uh one of the units went out on it and its memory board went out I'm, I'm not putting any more money into this and so it weighed like twelve thousand pounds and the mill weighed fifteen thousand pounds and to get those two things loaded up and on a truck and out and those guys actually even dropped it off at the recyclers down in richmond at sims was huge for us and uh it worked out to where what we got for the scrap basically paid for all the rigging so it was a wash which i was fine with that but uh so now we've got the one little new screw machine in there with the bar feed and I've got the two drops coming from the electrical because I pulled two machines out. But when you put in a high pressure coolant pump, it takes more amps to run that than it does the actual machine. So I needed the other drop to run to the pump and the other drop from the machine. And it got there like fuck, the day after Thanksgiving. And those guys wanted to come and do the install that following Monday. And I'm like, well, you're not giving me any time for electrician or anybody to come through. He goes, well, this is the window. We need to make it work. I said, all right. So I got a hold of my home electrician who did some stuff here. And he's a really good guy, but he's so busy. He's a one-man band. Anyway, the short of the story, he came through and ran some cables on the ground from my drops to all the equipment to get it up to where they could level it. The, the, the setup guy could come run some parts and uh, we could you know, make it work. Well, I got a quote yesterday from some guys that come to finish doing the hard wiring from like 10 feet to the wall and down and like six feet to the wall and down and uh, fucking $7,500. I said, you're kidding me. And it's like, oh, materials have gone up so much. That's everybody's just throwing this around everywhere, whether it's wood, whether it's metal, whether it's conduit wires, fucking it's freight. During these COVID times, this is the price. I'm like, well, we're going to hold off on this project for a while. And I'm thinking, hey, I know somebody that was an electrician that doesn't want to be an electrician anymore. That's a machinist now that would probably work for cash and some Mickeys. So I want to take a couple of videos and show them what I got. I've got conduit in-house. I've got wire in-house. Might have to buy a J-Box. Boomer, what are you doing after the 8th of January? Let's do it, man. That's right. That's right. I'll send you videos, but 7,500. 5,000. <laughs> I just, my mouth fucking dropped. But you know, that's the, the, the this time of people walk in and they see a new machine, and a new bar feed, and some other stuff, making stuff over here. Like they kind of just, I hate that when they walk in and they do a, a, an assessment or an evaluation, like, oh, this guy's got a lot of shit going on. He can afford this or blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, 
first of all, these guys came in and said, well, really, the only reason we're here is because Ron, who is our buddy of ours, patched you through to get your setup done. And we're doing it as a favor to him. Other than that, we wouldn't be here because we don't follow other people's work. We'll yeah, Ron's work is, isn't because- that isn't that though that it sounds like they're they're probably pricing themselves out of the job because they don't really want the job. Exactly, yeah, right. the, I don't want to do it price, mm, which is which is kind of what you're gonna get from a lot of people right now. We've been mm. seeing it with everything, and like I was talking to a buddy of mine the other day. He's an electrical engineer, and he actually got got laid off because their their plant wasn't really doing anything, and. uh he started taking on some side work and he got, it was like three different jobs and it was the same thing. Like he didn't want to do them and he marked them up like five times what he said he typically would. And they were just like, okay, we'll send the POs over this afternoon. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. That's where we're at right now. Wow. Wow. Well, from my perspective, you know, we've just been as, as busy as you've, you guys have just described as well. You know, we had uh, three new installs plus another one coming in February, and I, you know, we've we've banged on about this on the podcast so many times about getting people and how to retain staff and everything else. And we're it's it's weird, you know. Everyone says, "Oh my God," you know, COVID. It's so it's so rubbish, you know. And and there are so many industries where I agree that they've just. It's just dropped, you know, like the like uh, hospitality and travel and all that kind of stuff. But for manufacturing, it's like someone has injected manufacturing with steroids, and nobody can keep up with what's happening right now. Like no one. Yeah. It's uh, I just the, we see the orders come in, and you go, "Holy shit! How can this?" You you think sometimes you know when you see a blip, and you go, "Oh, there must be something going on," and you can sort of maybe sort of work through that but when it just the blip just turns into like mount everest it just was going you know what i've seen it, i'll make it short but i think the whole united states saw what this did to them the stuff we were bringing in from overseas whether it be barbecues or cable rail or semiconductor stuff anything it's like we were so dependent on face masks and everything from china it's like every, so many people have said, fuck that. Let's be self-sufficient. Let's build in-house. Let's build more semiconductor plants in Arizona, all over the place. Ford doesn't have any chips for their cars. They're building their own semiconductor fucking plants. Everybody's just like, boom, building shit like crazy. And I think they're flipping them the big bird over there, to be honest with you. But but with that, the reason why, though, you were buying things from you know other places was because... The argument was the cost is cheaper and, and you know. I don't think they care anymore. Yeah, yeah but also we, we used to always say, oh, the, the, the labor charge in, let's just talk about China quickly. Like you go, oh, the, the, the labor cost in China is just so cheap. That's because they're actually using robots and everything else. They're not even using labor. You know, like they're, just, they're just efficient in what they're doing. And therefore, yeah. I think a lot of companies in the Western world America, Australia, New Zealand, the UK, whatever, are starting to say, oh, actually, we should, the, the, you know, if you cut labor out and then start becoming more efficient in your process and invest in better machines and whatever, you can be just as like uh, competitive as the people in China. Like you just, just 
think totally different and just go, right, actually, the labor's nothing. It's all about the cost. Materials are virtually the same around the world, depending if you well, that's got- that's new to me because, I mean, I agree with what you're saying, but I have not heard as until right now that China is using robots. I thought they were using fucking young kids that work for a quarter a day, and that's how we couldn't beat them. If they have a robot and we have a robot, then there's no reason why we can't streamline our shit to match the price. Agreed. I totally agree with you. Totally agree. And that's what, but, but you know, it's, it's easy. It's always, it's, it's so easy to just blame and go, oh, but they've got cheap labor. And you go, well, if you look at, like, we see these mega factories that are being built in China. They're not, they're not filling them with people. They're filling them with robots. Like, that, mm-hmm. is, that is a reality. And you go, well, if they can do that, then everyone else, you know, it's an equalizer. You can say, well, if you take the labor cost out of the equation, that what you're competing against is productivity. And if you're mm-hmm. going to use, if you're going to use a 30 year old lathe and put a robot in front of it and think that you're going to, you're going to compete against someone in China, you're wrong because they've probably mm-hmm. invested in a lathe that they've just bought that month. So you, you know, it, it then becomes uh, who can supply the machinery and who can get the machinery quicker. Uh, yeah, I, I, I yeah, think I, I think the labor the labor argument is it's not dead in the water, but it doesn't need to be a conversation. It it, yeah, it's, it sounds like it's not the same anymore. And you know, just to prove what you're saying, that I've been making the same part on that 2012 star since July, and then this Numura got here, and we've been running it for a month. And not only is the cycle time faster, but the parts ejecting system and the parts catcher and the bar feet. I mean, I haven't made an offset on that machine yet. I, I've changed. I've, I've run a thousand parts and inspected tools and then um, that's it. I mean, it's, it's, it's unreal. What new modern machinery, no matter what brand it is, it's just things evolve. Things get faster. Things get quicker. Things get more accurate. I mean, it's, it's a much better machine than both my stars are. It, and that's and that's that's probably an interesting topic actually because the 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 return on investment on a machine you know if you just base it on one part and say right if i've got the contract for this part for three years can i pay that machine off and at which point you just go right it's a cost neutral machine everything else after that is a bonus i should now look for the next the next part that i can pay for you know like if, if your mm-hmm. machine costs you one hundred fifty thousand dollars and you can pay that machine off within 18 months or two years and then the next year is basically profit for what you've done for that machine you're winning man like you you then go on to the next part and then and then if you lose that job fucking sell the machine and start with something like go go to a different projects and just make sure you keep investing in that machinery like holding on to stuff it's fine and there is a place for it but you know in in high like for you especially tony and for me like if you're doing high volume manufacturing you, you, we cannot afford to just say, oh, yeah, but it's a great machine and it's, and it's done this and done that because there's always one new machine that's come out that, that way and will take 10 seconds off your cycle time. And that is the difference between you and that guy. You're exactly right. It's just like taking that machine. Not only is the machine faster and more accurate, quicker, but we put an MP high pressure coolant system behind that machine. So my stars have high pressure, but they run off a gang. So I have all these different little blocks that feed all these different little tools. Well, on the MP system, it has a line per tool. So my 
turn tool has a high pressure line. My cutoff has its own line. Everybody has its own line. The chips that come out of that machine are just, they don't even look hot. They're all fine and falling out. And it's like, when you have your own direct line at 2000 PSI, uh, what a world of fucking difference it is versus sharing a gang block and trying to hope you could do the best you can. And just, yeah, I new stuff and modern technology is, it is where it's at. If you yeah. want to compete, it just, and it makes things so much nicer. And, and look, it's, it's, it's easy. It's easy for say me to say that when I'm, I'm not spending my own money, you know, like, right. I, I, I agree. Know, it's, and, and it's, and it's, it's really easy for me to say that, but, I understand the science and the manufacturing behind it, which means that it can be easily sold when you can see that the return is here and not not like just a pie in the sky. I just want a new machine because it looks cool. You know, you yeah, you, no, you, I, I'm glad you said that because your knee-jerk reaction on look, this is what we've got and it can do it this fast. Let's do this, versus me. Mm-hmm. Well, I've got this old green machine that can get it done, but maybe it's just the mindset's totally different, but yeah, it shouldn't be because it's not fair to the final equation of how it works out, but it is, it's different. And yeah. but this was a real eye opener for me. And it's like, if you want to stay in this game and compete, you need to kind of keep moving along at that kind of click. And I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there and that make things so much better. And this was, this is the first time that I've been, I mean, the newest machine I bought was a 2012 and that was a star. So this is the first thing that I've had in and it's been different than that in men. What a difference. What a difference. Oh, it's cool. Uh, seeing your it stories, is. seeing your stories was cool, you know, and, and like you said, some, like you, you, you have a, 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 a new invigorated approach to what the business means and, and what it's going to do for you guys. And, right. you know, and, and actually you and Katie can sit down and I know Katie will definitely like, she will look at this and go, well, this makes financial sense to maybe put a bit of credit in this and we'll get that back. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that you wouldn't think like that, Tony, but no, you know, she, she looks at the numbers. Yeah. She's, she's the, you know, she's the smart one and she'll get this stuff done. Well, that's just it. We need to plan for our end game. You know, yeah. say we got another 10, 12 years to do this. We want to fucking make it right. So, I mean, if the, you know, if upgrading one of those Swiss machines to this, it makes a difference then who knows what else we might need to do down the road you know 100 i mean man. things are changing out there big time they really are but you guys are you guys have realized that and you're on it and you're going right let's invest in this and i was so proud of you guys when i saw that new machine come in i went fuck yeah these guys are good. They're changing the shit up. This is this is real. This is not just ticking over and and having stories about fixing a machine here or whatever. This was you guys are you changing it? It's amazing. Yeah, I love right, it, man. Thank you. It's it's stressful. It's fun. It's scary. It's all that shit all wrapped up into one. It makes the hairs go like even just talking about it. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh yeah. I do. I feel I'm it just does. Like, it does. It's so cool. And then Boomer. <laughs> You're now in this position where you've moved to a new facility and actually in terms of like the manufacturing for volume stuff, like you, you actually are in a unique position where you can create and start the process of how something should be manufactured in the best possible way with best practice. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like you're, you're, you're making grounds on that? Is that what's, what's the, the issue right now 
is it it's still this i mean it's the same old story like just finding qualified people and you know you get you get a resume and they've you know ran like a punch machine somewhere you know and it's like well they showed up for the interview they're here like that's that's all we're getting right now hold Um, on boomer so with what, what jody just said and what i've seen from I mean, when I look, when you're showing pictures of that building and you show it, one side of it fully loaded, and then the other side's fucking empty. I'm like, what the hell are you gonna do over there? I mean, I can, I can see us all riding go karts around, but I mean, that's just it's like it's so massive. But when you're talking like this, and we've all talked like this, we just can't find people that can come. I mean, have your has your company ever even thought about going automated robotics at all? Um, for some things, yeah. Um. I mean, the, the, the big issue for us is, you know, we make like five or six of something usually mm, True. pretty much everything is real short run. And so that's why we've kind of moved more towards the integrexes. Um, you know, you have a large tool magazine, you have a lot of stock tools mm-hmm. and then a lot of things that come through, you know, you have, we have the one hundreds that are kind of dedicated to anything under like two inch diameter bar and so you know there's each one of those probably has 10 different size carbide drills in it mm. um can, can i ask a question yeah yes oh well, that's good thank you, you, you may. <laughs> <laughs> i can't believe you actually waited <laughs> i was like well you're just trying to trick us right now <laughs> so when when you make when you make a five off is that like you will, you'll make a five off and then you'll never make that five off ever again? Um, we could or we could not. So we we have certain product lines that are more like production, which is, you know, they'll order, you know, five, six hundred a year. And so then but it's spread out over like five or six different POs. And we typically because we're so busy, we'll just make that one PO. And then that's it. We won't make it all for like the year. And so that's, that's one part of the problem is, you know, we're not able to really get out in front of things. And then um, the other is that, uh, yeah, just finding people and trying to, there's so much information and data and processes to capture. That's the real difficult thing. And we're kind of working on that right now on kind of easing the the data capture process as far as um you know documenting how we make the part really um and kind of leaving behind we call it like the operator checklist and you know there's a there's an m0 here here's what it's for you know make sure you're uh you know make sure when you know when the sub comes over and grabs it and you're checking the part well you already well i already checked the you know the bore on this side well make sure you're not crushing it in the sub spindle or make sure it's not ripping it out of the spindle you know that kind of stuff and we bought a uh it's a wireless chuck force gauge and so we've started putting in all our process plans like um the actual pressure on that gauge not mm-hmm. just on you know the little because that hydraulic gauge on the on the side of the machine that doesn't mean anything do you know, remember uh, like, oh no, probably two years ago now when I talked about uh, having a force meter and the importance mm-hmm. of greasing a chuck and that yeah. when you're doing high volume that your chuck pressure decreases by 60% over four hours of constant use. Like it's, 
incredible four hours difference. yes I didn't know well that. i mean wow. well, if you're running 24 7 it's just going like you need to be obviously greasing your chucks as we all know but i was yeah. I, I just couldn't believe the the decrease in force that a chuck would have if you didn't grease it as regularly as well as four hours you know yeah so, so for you guys when like when you're saying about not getting people do you do you not think that it's time to just take a completely different strategic approach to how you even want to like, where am I going with this? Like if you had, let's just say you've got 10 of the most amazing programmer setters that the world has ever seen, for example, that do you think that knowing that you would, you know, you are probably always using the same, let's just say five materials, like all the time in all of your family aparts because that's, you know, it's in canal or it's what, whatever it is, you know, you're using all these or titanium or whatever that, you know, surely if you said, right, we're going to, we're going to break all these processes up into micro segments of, okay, every time we use a 10 mil drill and oh sorry, or whatever, a five eighths drill, whatever that you're going to, you're going to drill it an inch deep or two inches deep or whatever. And you know how much life you always get out of that drill. If you broke all of those processes down and then said, right, when we do a setup and simulate what we're programming, then we can afford to have one person set the machine up with a cobot to basically just do what you're saying, but take the operator completely out of it. And you go, right, I'm going to, I'm going to machine these 10 parts. And I know that I want to put an MO in there because I want the robot to come in, blow this out, take it out. And you could run 10 hours, 20 hours, 30 hours of production without even having a person there because it relies on the setup being so secure because you understand the machine inside of it. Yeah. And I mean, we've, we're getting into that with, uh, we've done a, added a lot of in-process probing and things over this last year. So, I mean, we're, we're kind of getting uh, into that more and I've been writing trying to uh write a lot more logic as far as um you know probing processes and then going back and you know running a spring pass on something and then if not then offsetting the tool and and all that stuff so i've been kind of focusing on a lot of that and and so that that i mean that that would kind of be the first step because a lot all this stuff is just stupid tight so that's something we'd have to get in there first before we started doing that sort of thing. So I, th I think it is going that way. We, we're looking at um, automating a bunch of stuff for the parts that come off the uh, the L20 screw machine. So every everything from the cleaning to the there's a uh, a sealing surface on there that's got a it's like a I think it's like a four RA or something, and it's a it's a radius and and we've always, I've tried probably six different tooling manufacturers to get it to, to turn correctly. And, um, as, and then down to like hand working bars and, and honing the edge differently, trying to get it to come off right. And they, like I said, the print says it's a four RA, but by the time the, there's a, a woman in the clean room that, that does all the assembly and testing on them and, and she always does her her voodoo to them. We we call it. And we we try to we, when we first got that machine, we were going to run ten parts on it. Once I got it dialed in, and we were going to take them all the way through the process without polishing them and 
do final assembly and just see if they worked. And uh, it, it, it came down to, I had to make those 10 parts like four different times before somewhere along the process, someone wasn't like, Oh, these haven't been polished and they went and polished them. And so it's, it's just, um, how big are the parts? Oh, I mean like that 25. I mean, they're, yeah, they're coming off, you know, screw machine. So they're small, but um, I mean, in my experience, I mean, with what was the what's the material it's 316 yeah so you could easily get a seven off of a machine but here's the thing it's a 10 thou radius on a 310 bore oh so that changes a lot how, how right can there. you how can you t- i mean i mean i'm sure there's some sort of laser scan that can probably tell you what the surface finish on that radius is but it, it just comes down to um, You're talking about just the radius only. Just the radius. Oh, That's where it seals. That. Yeah. yeah. So, so I mean, you, you're, you're talking about questioning the 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 quality people, right? That's well, really awesome. Like, like I said, it gets to the point where when you have people that literally their entire day, all they do is sit and look at parts under a microscope, mm-hmm. like. I don't care how good that part is. You can find something that, oh, yeah. you know, appears to be some sort of scratch or, you know, and all it takes on that is someone because that bore is plus or minus one. So they, they, they're always getting pinned out on the floor and then they go to inspect yeah, and, and those and guys, are pin, those guys are pinning them. And then they're setting them on a table and sliding it across the table. Like even if you put it on an expensive sun and bore gauge and slide it off and on, you get, it looks like shit under a scope. I do that. Yeah. And so it's, that's what we're fighting on this. Is it, it, I mean, it has to be perfect. If they see one, one little anything on it, it's, Oh, it's gotta be polished. And so the process for that is, is you should be doing the best you can on your machine but like on semiconductor, it goes from the machine, like maybe a seven, and then it goes to extrude home where they pipe a fucking nice grit back and forth through it. And then it goes to EP, which will knock it down to a three or a four. I mean, that's the process to prove yeah. that it works every time, but it's an expensive yeah. process. And so I want to, I want to look into for these. Um, I don't know if you've seen like drag finishing. Mm-mm. Is that, is like that like, fa- is that, is that like burnishing? No. And so it, um, it's basically it's a machine itself and it has like a head and they can put all kinds of different fixturing and everything on it. But these, the, the other side threaded. So you basically just thread them in, you know, a bunch of them and then that head spins. And then there's just like a kind of a, I guess some sort of gunk colander with full of media and that thing spins. And then it just goes around the media Ooh. Oh, it drags so it through the It meter. drags it through there. Oh, um, wow. So because that it. radius is is right at the face, I, I think it would work. Who who, who makes those machines? I don't know. I saw them at IMTS, though. It's kind of like a tumbler, but not really a tumbler because you're not tumbling, but you're just kind of dragging. Well, yeah, because yeah, tumbling, you know, then they, they can <laughs> knock into each other. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there, there's, there's a thread on there that's got to be fucking perfect and everything else too. So it's like, yeah, I don't know, man. It's just, like I said, it it has to be perfect and they get, there's so much handling on them that they're not. When, when I worked in the UK, there was this, uh, this is, I don't know if this will help or hinder, but we, we used to have this, uh, deburring machine. Again, it's, 
I don't know if there's a different level of going from deburring to polishing to, I don't know, like mega awesome. But anyway, it was a, uh, it was this machine and it was to, it was to basically to take off all of the ports and it, it had just, it was like this almost like, um, what's the stuff you wash your hands with. That's got grit in it. Fuck. Pumice. It? Pumice. Yeah. Something Pumice. like that. Yeah. And, yeah, and it was like, orange. It was, and it was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And it was like that, but it was like this, this thick green medium, but it was like, a, it looked like fucking Ghostbuster slime, but with like grit in it and it would go, and it would push it all the way through all the ports that we yeah, had for these. That's an extrude hone. Yeah. yeah. So I, yeah, I wonder, have one. I wonder if they have a, a, a different level, which that, you know, won't affect threads and things like that, but it would just be like a soft polish that could take off all the peaks on your radiuses. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I, know I either. Think, I think the. <laughs> I mean, that I, was deep. <laughs> <laughs> I really like Jody's sound effect, though. <laughs> 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 be, you know where he's going to be hanging out next to IMTS? Extrude home. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so real quick. I think Kim oh, yeah. bought them. Speaking oh. of, and I did. Speaking of uh, the workforce and help. And the last time we talked, we were still looking for help. We had a guy walk in out of the blue. I mean, Katie was out in the big part of the shop, washing parts, blowing off and putting them in a big tray. And all of a sudden I hear her talking to somebody. I'm like, oh shit, it must be a truck driver or some homeless hobo or whatever. So I walk up. But no, she's actually having a conversation with the guy. And so this guy, he's got his work boots on, his pants on, his hat on, and he's looking for a job. Well, he's from fucking South Dakota. He's originally from SoCal, but he moved to South Dakota for four years. He worked at a shop that had Akumas, and now he's looking for work out here. He's come back out to California and sold this house out there in South Dakota. Like, well, okay, whatever. This sounds too good to be true. Anyway, come on in. I'll show you this shop. Oh, yeah, that's a cadet. I've been a cadet before. Well, fuck. He knows what a cadet is. I'm like, man, you got a nice shop here. There's screw machines that are new. We have a couple old ones. The bar feeder only holds one bar at a time. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So I knew he knew he'd been around and I knew he kind of knew what he was talking about. And he's all, well, I'm just really looking for a job. I live in Geyserville. I said, well, that's a ways away. I used to drive to Santa Rosa every day. So now our Geyserville is good 45 minutes. Yeah, I know, but I just really want to get back into the workforce. That's all right. Well, let me think about it. He said, well, here's, here's the number. You can call my old boss. So I called his old boss in South Dakota and uh, he called me back. He's like, yeah, JP, he's a good guy. He's a fast learner. I'm not really sure what I'm allowed to say to another business owner with all the stuff you can and cannot say. Yeah, yeah, me neither. I'm just a super small shop, so I don't really give a fuck what you say. He's also on my I'm a super small shop. He's a, he's a fast learner. That's all you got to say? Yeah, he's a fast learner. That's all right. So I got phone him. I called JP back. I said, your boss said you were smart and you're a fast learner, so I'm willing to give you a try. He's all right. Well, I really appreciate it. I'm going to let you down. So he came in on the Monday. I asked him what he was making in South Dakota. He told me, yeah, I said, let's start you up there. Let's see how you like me, how we like you. He came in. He kept fucking things running. He was doing good. Dexter liked him. Things were going all right. Works all week. I get a phone call. and Well, he works all week on Friday. And then all of a sudden, he asked Omar, hey, can you come jump in my car? My battery's dead. Oh. Okay, so Omar jumps his car at lunch. He goes down to fucking AutoZone, buys a new battery. They didn't have any of the cheap batteries left, so he had to buy like a $150 battery. So he bought the $150 battery. He goes home that weekend. Batteries working good, blah, blah, blah. I get a phone call Monday. He did the old, 
let's call the answering machine before anybody comes to the shop at 515. Oh. Big old long spill. Hey, so I used all the cash that I have to buy that battery. I don't have any gas money money. to come to work. And so I'm going to stay home this week. Hopefully I can find a cash job this weekend because he started the payday right at the end. So he had to wait two weeks to get paid again. So hopefully I can find a cash job so I can get him up with some gas money to get back to work. And so I was like, are you kidding me? And so Omar told me, he's like, yeah, he told me he was out of money. I said, why the fuck didn't he ask you for any money? Why did he not come and ask me? Front me a hundred bucks. I mean, he's already worked for me for a week. I owe him a hundred bucks. Ask me mm. for a hundred bucks so you can get your ass back here. Mm. And so, yeah, eight days. I won't let you down. And then he just didn't let have to ask me. So, so Katie called him and said, hey, look, um, the, your check's on its way, but are you coming back to work or do you need some more cash for gas? Because we could front you some. He's like, well, you know, my girlfriend's going to be out here Tuesday. She's coming from South Dakota and I did get my house sold. So, you know, maybe I'll check back with you next week to see if you guys need any help. So see if we need any help. We're freaking slammed. That's why we had hired you and we wanted you to come help us. And anyway, we took the little teeny, teeny step of faith to somebody that said, we won't let you down, come into our little private shop and help us. And once again, just fucked up. And that's just the way the whole mentality is of, it just everybody's talking about finding good help and these people just don't fucking get it anymore the world is not the same anymore and so right after he left that's when we had that fucking the the crew that came in the riggers six guys two trucks one chief all the rest of the guys did everything that fucking guy said man they were hustling and bustling and whistling and yelling and talking about what's clear and what's not clear they got in, they got out, they landed and had two machines on that fucking truck and gone in 30 minutes. I'm like, this is what we're all wanting. We're all wanting a team that runs with one leader. They all listen. They all want to be there. They all want to do their part. They all want to celebrate at the end of the day. They want to have fucking beer and fucking be gone and on the next and be excited about going to the next shop and fucking bring a new machine or take it on. I mean, it was just it was a real eye opener to me to see that there's still a unit that works like that. I mean, cause I've worked in machine shops like that, but to see people work together like that was super awesome. And it just, that's what I told Katie. I said, this is what I need. This is what we need in our shop is three or four of these guys that want to do this and be a part of this. And it was, it was exciting and, and, and sad at the same time that we can't find that. I'm not going to give up. But yeah, I was going to say, don't Tony, don't give up because there'll be one person that will walk into your shop. And if you're in, if you're in that, oh, another one of these guys, whatever, Mm -hmm. someone Mm -hmm. will surprise you one day and it will be so good to talk about that on the podcast because you were, you were this close. Yeah. The guy fucked up. There will be someone else that will definitely fit the bill and they will fit into like your private shop. That's, you know, works the way that you work, gets your weird humor and just sort of loves Dexter the dog, you know, just does all those things. And you're going to be like, fuck, where were you 10 years ago? But it doesn't matter. They they are out there. If you are listening, you should contact Tony (laughs) and Katie and come. No, no, no. You need to go. No, no, no. Listen, listen, listen. listen. (laughs) I've had two people from different states tell me they want to come fucking apprentice with me. So come on. Why the fuck would you move from wherever yeah, you're at? Put, put your money. Hey, 
I've been to Ukiah. It's a beautiful place. It is a beautiful it place. Is, but so I why mean, not? You guy, might be living in fucking Detroit, which is probably a total shithole. This guy, one, this one guy works in Colorado at a pharmacy for his dad. His dad's the manager. I said, so why the fuck would you want to come to Ukiah? And hey, if you Tony, get the free drugs, you never, want. never, yeah. never <laughs> look. Boomer, yeah. Like, what do they say? Never, never uh, look Delauded. at. Well, whatever. <laughs> If there are people wanting to move from the other side of the country to come and war with you, take it. Just just give I them just, a go. Just say, fuck yeah, come on over. Do you know what? Why not, why not put them up in a hotel for two nights and just say, I will pay for your trial, but you've got to pay your way to get here. And if you are good, I'm good for you and I'll give you a job. Just, just, just think differently. Just go, fuck it. What have you got to lose? You're not you're not getting people walking in the door now. Fuck it. If people you know, want to come to work for you, I would love to work for you and Katie. You are amazing people. But I love leaving the New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> you probably well, me and Boomer, I think, were talking to each other on Instagram a while before we ever me? talked, Jody. Why? Why? <laughs> Well, because he was one of the, I mean, first, I, the first person I ever saw on, in, on Instagram is the machinist was crazy white machinist. And then I think I saw Boomer start talking to Boomer and then eventually Albert. Yeah. But did you, did you knew that um, Boomer came and worked for me for a couple mm. of days, didn't you? Yeah, so I did. Yeah, or no. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah we, we put him up in a super cheap sleazy hotel. Yeah, good. There's nothing wrong no, with that. No, he picked the hotel. The hotel was fine. <laughs> but we were at a point when, that's when Neil was still running the show, too. And it's like, so. Neil, Neil, I mean, orange peel. Yeah. And the, the money factor became, and he's like, well, what can this guy do for you? And what could he take off of your table? And what can you know, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, look, this guy's a solid guy. He knows what the fuck he's doing. But it, the final call was not my call. And so we didn't end up with Boomer. But had we have who knows where we'll be doing right now. But I mean, I yeah. look at him right now too and think, Oh man, he's, he's in like fucking the Disneyland of machine shop stuff. But then I don't want to talk to Shane about this much. I don't know if, if that's what he really wants. I don't, I mean, I've never point blank asked him if, if, if he's, would he rather be doing something like that or would he really be part of a small nucleus and doing whatever the fuck he wanted to do and, and really rocking the world. So, I mean, any day things can change for anybody, you know, and I've been, I've been with what he's going through right now. That's kind of why I was trying to share with him the excitement of all the new shit coming in and all of it landing and the positioning, but then, then it wears off and then you have to actually make that new shit run because then people yeah. run around going, why the fuck isn't this making any money? Yeah. Why the fuck isn't this making any money? Then that hits hard and you're like, Oh fuck, this isn't some fun anymore. Yeah. It's, it's, it is what it is man yeah i definitely like there's times that i really miss the the old shop just because mm -hmm. it was it was like a you know i think there were what day shift it was like 10 guys everyone had like you know their machine or their mm -hmm. machines like i had i had uh like two lathes that were mine and it was you get to set up your own area you're the only one that works there like and everyone there was responsible for just their stuff and they did everything there they said they programmed it they set it up they ran the parts everything and so when you go from that and you know that was the type of environment i was in and it was it was very much like when you were new it was very much like sink or swim 
like, can you do this or not? Can you figure yep. this out or not? If you can't, then you don't need to be there. Like, and now it's like, you know, we just went through, we had a, you know, I'm sure you've dealt with it a lot, some hot shit dude out of the Bay that's got a resume a mile long. And he's, you know, he's a, an expert in six different cam softwares and he can hand code on any control there is. And he can do all this stuff and, you know, you give him a shot and then it's like, he can't, you know, here's a job that's already running. And then I go, go over there halfway through the day and, and, you know, the parts look like shit and it's like, well, are you, are what's going on to your tools? And you start looking through stuff and it was, um, it was a duplex job. So it's like some hard shit. And then it's like, well, dude, if, if you've comped your finish end mill, like eight thousandths on <laughs> diameter, you have a problem. It's like, time to change it. <laughs> yeah. The rough, the rougher, the edges are completely fucking gone on the thing. It's vibrating the floor when it's running. And it's like, dude, you gotta, you gotta keep up on this stuff. Like, what are you doing? He's like, well, you said it was running good. And I'm like, yeah, it, it was, but you know, you have to monitor this stuff. Oh, okay. And it's just like, fuck. And then you, you know, you got to set the whole thing back up again, basically. Cause every tool in the mag's blown to shit and start all over and, you know, then try yeah, well, to make good parts. And like what you're saying there, this small shop you're at, you had your couple of lays and you set up your own areas. Like people take uh they take pride and responsibility and they're, you know, they're doing their own coolant. They're making sure it's mixed right. The way it leaves topped off. So there's no red lights or, you know, pauses in between cycles. And it's irresponsible for your own shit. And then once you go into a bigger environment like that, then maybe you'll put one guy in going around and filling up way lubes. And when he gets to you, he gets to you or that type of shit. It just, it just kind of changes the whole scenario of everything. And, and you'll lose that, you know, that environment of everybody doing their own thing and get on their machines and keeping them clean. And yeah, it just, it just gets, there's a fine line between the two types of shops mm. like that. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's just the, the thing that gets to me and it, it was, I mean, it took me a long time to like, cause I'm sure you guys are the same way, but I put completely like unrealistic expectations and standards on myself mm -hmm. Like completely unrealistic. Um, like everything could always be better, faster, more efficient, everything. And so then it's like when you do everything you can to try to meet that and you still don't meet it, it's like, okay, well, you know, next time I'm going to, but not everybody's like that. And when you start trying to hold like other people to your unrealistic standards you have for yourself and, you know, they're just there to pick their nose and get a paycheck and do as little as possible, like it, it really, it's, it's really infuriating and you, you go home every day and it's like, that's like, I, I know we've talked about it in the group chat. I always wanted to work for like an F1 team. Cause like <laughs> to be somewhere where literally everybody wanted to be there, they were the best in their field. And every day they were just, you know, what can we get done for the team? You know? And it was always, like a dream of mine to work somewhere like that. And, and I, I really don't know where you would find something like that out of, you know, like the highest level of motorsports there is, you know, you know, you're right. And it's like, if you take the word itself, machinist, nobody just becomes in the old days, nobody ever just became a machinist. There was a process and you started from the beginning and you worked your way up and there was peers above you. And eventually there's people below you, but you all worked together and you like, you strove to be to the next guy and the next guy and the next guy. And 
and you all respected each other along the way and you share the wealth and learn from the guy above you and then you also do the favor and share to the guy below you and it's kind of like what i saw with that reading team i mean there was a guy the guy the patron that drove the fucking forklift and he was the king's shit. And there was the guy that was his right-hand guy and his left-hand guy that told him if he was clear on both sides. And then there was the guy that he had the baby forklift. It was taken off the box, the Joe box and shit like that. And there was the guy that was unwrapping the plastic on the bar feed and shit like that. I mean, they all had their areas where they perfected it. And, but they knew they had to perfect it because eventually they were going to move up to the next spot. And... I mean, in the days that I was fortunate enough to see machining years ago, I mean, that's what we did. We looked up to the manual guys, the tool and guy, die guys that just knew their stuff. And, and then eventually, you know, when it became all CNC, you know, the guys that it wasn't so much, we looked at the programmers or anything like that. I mean, that's a very important part, but the guys that could take the program that the software spit out and put it into the old fucking Matsura mill and, and touch it off and make it work and maybe it didn't work the first time but then you you I mean, my old boss said i'll give you the first one but after that the second one has to be tits because you learn from the first one that got fucked up whether it was programmer's fault or whether you had bad offsets but i just wish there was more of that still of people the chain of command and the respect as you went up the ladder and and that's kind of where the whole i mean the joking from the red toolbox to the brown toolbox to the wooden toolbox thing comes along people that don't know that don't know that and that's just i don't know and i'm that's why i'm trying to think about what my new year's resolutions is going to be and i think one of them is going to be is that i'm just going to have to try to realize that the fucking world's changing and then and yeah. things aren't going to be that way anymore as no, much as no. i want them to be <laughs> yeah but but hold on let's just let's I'm just home. Let's just take one. Let's just take one step back. Okay, so all of us we started in environments where we had hard ass bosses. That, but but the reason why they were hard ass is because they knew what they were doing and they wanted the best for us. And it wasn't it wasn't because they were just total shitheads. It was just actually they really they really wanted us to be better people. And and yet we're now honestly, and I I'm. I'm going through this process right now where, you know, I complain about, oh, there's such and such, you know, we get these people in, they don't give a fuck, whatever. But I am part of the problem. I have to be better. I have to be, I have to be the one that says, this is like, and I'm going to take your words, Boomer, you know, you want to work in a shop where everybody loves what they're doing because every little thing makes a difference. Well, the shop that you're working in right now that is also that. Like you, you guys are making a difference. Tony, your shop, you and Katie and Dexter are making a difference. So when people come in, it should be that we exude it and they just go, I just want, I want to be like Tony, man. He's the the, the fucking nuts. And and for me, I go, Yeah, we make bronze and we make bronze parts. And people go, Oh my God, it's bronze and it's brass. But I I feel so proud about where I work and and who I work for and I would love to own a business like this but I don't but I but I work for a group a, a group of local people that own the business and I and I want to make sure that I can do them proud and make sure that their business is the best it possibly can and I would love for every single person that comes to work where I work to say I 
I love working there. I, I, I'm so enthused about coming in. And, and when you have so many people, it can be so confusing as to how you can make that culture feel like that. But, you know, I don't, I don't believe in New Year's resolutions. However, I know that 2022 has to be the time when we're not just good, we're going to be great. And I want to, I want to, I want to make the younger guys and girls really enthusiastic about cutting bronze and and the industries that we go to and 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 be passionate as I am about machining and and quality and processes and all those things. And all of us have the ability to do that. But if we decide to just say, "Oh fuck it," you know, it's not how it used to be and whatever. Well. I think we're doing ourselves a disservice. We are better than this and we should be better than this. We can make a difference. No, I agree. I get, I get hit up maybe once, twice a day on Instagram about what I use to make the stainless parts so shiny or what the fuck I'm doing, this, that, and the other. And I've never, ever yet to hesitate. And I've had people tell me, man, you're giving away a lot of information for free. That could be ultimately your competitors in the long run. You know what? I've had people share information with me, and that's how you learn. And when somebody's got something that works, and and, and they know it works, and they've got enough work that they don't feel threatened, they'll share their information. They'll share what fucking chip breaker geometry they're using. And I, I still believe in that, and I think that it ultimately is only going to create good karma and shit for yourselves if you share stuff like that with people. And yeah. people, when you when you're going to be in that spot where you need, I mean, I have been. And I've asked and I've, you know, never been told no at this point to where I've you know, genuinely asked for help. Maybe they have the answer. Maybe they don't. But I've never been told, hey, fuck off. So hey, I think like, that we, we talk about gra- like people say grass is greener, like boomer mm-hmm. F1 team. You are the F1 team like you are <laughs> like you. You're making stuff for space. And, mm-hmm. and as much as I just go, I don't understand why we're spending so much money on space when we should be doing other stuff down here. It's still the, in my eyes, that what I see with you guys is you are, you're investing in what I, you know, you've probably got better equipment than some of the F1 teams, like no shit. And actually, I mean, I've, I've sent, I've shared with you two a little bit, like some of the stuff that I've been working on lately. And I mean, it's pretty out there shit. And so trying to do all the programming for that and set those up and run those. Yeah. And on top of everything else is just kind of fucking driving me nuts. But, but, it, no, but I, I get what but you're it's saying. It's not supposed and, to be I mean, easy. You you are yeah, literally no. at the, and, you are at the top of your game and you have the ability to make such a difference to the industry. Look at you. Honestly. Yeah. And I mean, that's, you know, I go in every day trying to. Yeah. And I, I, I rarely, if ever go in, you know, and start the day with a bad attitude or, a, you know, kind of defeatist attitude or something. So I'm keeping on keeping on, man. Good. Yeah. I was, I was talking to me and Katie were talking yesterday. I was just like, you know, what we got to change. I mean, it's like, we've got so much stuff going on. And I said, you're working, you know, you're working way too hard for being the boss lady. I said, I really appreciate you being upstairs paying us. I appreciate you upstairs paying for all the material 
and keep track of all this shit. But then you come downstairs and you put your hands on simple green and you're washing all the parts. And then you go outside to the agitation tank and you're washing all the, the cable railing parts. And then you're logging all the material and all this other stuff. And then she's all like, you know, you don't need to be really running around between three or four machines and loading bars and doing fucking way loop and then adding fucking water soluble coolant and then bringing in the fucking hang source. It's like, <laughs> well, we're, we're all so afraid that, you know, I mean, we're holding on close to the money that, you know, cause the less people you have, the uh, you know, the less going on, but then we get our letter from a landlord. Well, you know, first years here, rent's going up. Okay, fine. Then we saw that coming. And it's just every time you turn around something else, but we'll, oh, to make it a short story, we both realized that we're going to have to change something this year, because if we don't, we're going to, we're going to work hard, but, you don't want to go out and die. At yeah, the end you of get the nothing for it. It's, it's exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. It's like being on the boat, you know, like, like the, the the front of the boat comes down, and next thing you know, you shot the pieces because you're you're ready to go, but everything's against you, and you've got to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I don't know. I, I really hope that some like amazing young person in the Ukiah area is listening, and they go, <laughs> "I would love." to work with Tony and Katie and Dexter. And I want to, I want to be the next Tony Klauser. He's, he is my mentor. He's going to show me and be the next business owner somewhere else in the country. There's not a competition, but like later on, but why not, man? Like that's how, that's how shit works, man. If you're listening, please pass this on, make it happen. And (laughs) if you want to work for the F1 of space, Talk to Harry. Exactly. Talk to Harry. If you want to go live on an island and cut brass and bronze, see Mr. Jody Tuckboo. Never mind. Take it all. Take it all. (laughs) I want to talk about your citizen machine that you've got, Shane. Yeah. Yeah. And the change from doing five axis machinist stuff to sliding head Swiss style machinery. Like that's. That you you must have just gone shit. What about what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Yeah, well, I mean, and you must have phoned Tony up a lot. Why would he talk to me? A couple times. I, I talked to Mason. I talked to Danny a couple times. There you about go. A, a few things, but I don't know. I haven't really got to mess with the new one yet. Um, I mean, it just came with a pile of options, and so they they spent a, a couple weeks getting all that stuff installed, and then, like Tony was saying, you know a third of it isn't even here yet. Hmm. So we're, we're what, still size on. what size is it? Boomer? It's 32 mil. 32. Yeah. What kind of bar feed you got coming? Uh, it's the, the one that, that citizen makes the cav or whatever it is, yeah. but just they come with their, they come with their own. So, yeah. um, but yeah, man, it's, it's bigger. There's a lot more space than the L 20. Um, it's got a little little drum turret in it. I think it's 12 tools, and you can work on either spindle with the turret. That'll be handy. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, every this one, so that the L or the L20, it, it was it's like you were saying, every um like up on the gang, there's there's a manifold, and each tool has like its own high pressure line. Well, the the M the M532 the high pressure actually comes out of the back of the gang for each tool. And so I had to buy the tool holders that are set up for through coolant. And then, Mm -hmm. 
you know, the holes that are in it didn't line up with what was in the gang. So we had to drill a couple holes and, um, but it's pretty sweet, man. There's a lot more going on with it. Um, yeah, that drum turret will be nice. I mean, and that's when I had my first SR32J and then I wanted to buy the SV, which it had that and the, the time frame where I needed it. And when it was available was like 10 months. I go, well, that's yeah. not going to work. But yeah, you could you could actually tour it and come to the work, which would might be nice in special circumstances. And then- yeah, well, I've seen I've seen videos where they'll they'll be cutting on tools on the turret with both spindles at the same time. That's yeah. pretty cool. So I'd like, I'd like to get into some of that, but I mean, we'll see, um, before my last day, they, uh, I think we ran through, um, a part in aluminum Mm -hmm. and I, but just, just, just some, some of it, I I think all the, all the live tool stuff wasn't, was just all commented out for now. Um, so they, they were getting there. I'm interested to see when I get back, how far they've gotten. So. Now, how what's kind of, you still don't even on those machines you you don't do huge numbers do you? it's still kind of small um on the l20 we were doing i mean you know runs of like three thousand parts oh that's not small by any means yeah no. I, th- I think we're up to we've run five part numbers on it now mm. so that's good i i guess still get hit up from now and then it's like hey you know you got a screw machine you want to do 100 of these or 100 of those and I am not in the predicament where I can go fucking set up a screw machine for a hundred parts. I mean, it's no, I'm not. I'm not. To me. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it takes a while for like when we, when we do a new part, it takes a while for me to do it. Cause I mean, it's just, it's just brand new still, you know? Yeah. That's the same. Um, it's like, if you're talking know, it was, job shop. No, I don't think so. When we got the, when we got the L20, I mean, I, I spent like two or three months over there on that thing. And that was cool because, I mean, you know, like with all our other stuff, you don't ever really get to, you know, sit down and really optimize it, you know, and it was like we started out and we were making the parts. These were parts we had made on turning centers before. And I, I think it was like 13, 14 minutes per part. Mm-hmm. And because, uh, I mean, there's hex, lock wire holes, threads, bores roller burnished like i mean there's all kinds of stuff going on on it um and so i think we were like at 13 or 14 minutes and um so we got the screw machine going and and when uh spinetti left i think we were sitting around like eight eight and a half minutes per part and then like i said i went through it ran it for a couple months and just kind of my philosophy has always been like let's start out making good parts and then we'll see what we can get away with then mm-hmm. we'll you know tune it in let's not just throw you know everything at it and then we got something that doesn't work at all and then have to fix one thing at a time like let's start out making a good part and so i i went through it got it down to like i think it's we're at like five and a half minutes now and the i mean the full set of tools every tool in that thing will last two shifts so 20 hours of runtime cool no issues Cool. Um, there were a couple of times I went like 24, 25 hours, but then you started seeing things start to go wrong. So it was like, we can do a solid two shifts on this um, with no issues. So it was, it was really cool to, to kind of do that. Cause I hadn't got to do that in a really long time. Um, now, does the Spinetti turnkey that for you? I mean, did they come in and make a couple parts? For uh, you and get you going? They call it a team key. Oh, 
so like the first couple parts, um, they wrote the programs and then I worked with them on, on, uh, tooling and everything. Um, and so they, they wrote the program and then came in and as you know, we got a good part. And so then it was like, are you comfortable, you know, I see dialing it in for, you know, repeatability and longevity and everything. And yeah, that's fine. So, I mean, cool. that, that was, that's kind of what we're doing with this one too, where they're coming in. Um, especially this one, because now you have you're running three programs simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're gonna That's... they're gonna help us out with it, and then it'll be the same thing. Once we get a good part, I think they'll split, and then it'll be up to us to kind of tune everything in. Yeah, this way Gossiger did for me on that Nomura. They uh, did a turnkey. They came up and and they're making the same part that I was already making on the star and. Uh, when the guy came out there, he was kind of looked at my machine running and then my program. And we kind of went with some of my speeds and feeds and stuff, but pretty much he programmed it all on the Nomura. But the Mitsubishi control, I first mm. looked at it. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> but I got to say the last couple of weeks that I've spent time, cause then Shane goes, well, it's not that bad. And so I started looking at it, poking around, just being really careful with what I did. It's like, you can do edit mode on the touchscreen or you could do edit mode with the keys. It just all depends on what fucking, what you feel like that morning. And I'm like, Oh yeah. my God, this is a recipe for disaster, but I've got my system down and uh, can find the parts counter, can set the parts counter, can go through the process. And it's, it's just when you have so many different types of controls in your shop and you're going from, you know, your Akuma to your Haas to your Fanuc to the Mitsubishi, it's just like, where am I at now? But yeah, it's, it's, a, it's actually a nice control. It's pretty powerful control. I quite like the Mitsubishi controller. I think they're actually pretty good. We have when one you on, have the, them on, on your shop. Uh, you have one? So I've got them on the Ray Fang, which is a Taiwanese, mm. Taiwanese sliding head. And um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it actually, Never have problems with that machine. It's a, also a 32. Um, whereas I've got the Polygym, which is the one, I can't remember if we talked about this, where uh, I got, I don't know, almost five ton of material sent over to Taiwan. And then I went there and said, if yeah. you can't make this part, I'm not going to buy your fucking machine. And they went, okay. And then we went through. And I was spent two weeks, two weeks going okay. through. I remember that, yeah. Yeah. And um, great. I just basically was drinking beer every morning, like while watching the machine go. By the end yeah, of the day, were, the machine was amazing. Them, and they were smoking <laughs> cigarettes while they're trying to run. I remember watching that. <laughs> Isn't that when you, when you went to the bathroom and you came back and everyone was gone? Yeah. And you were in the factory by yourself? <laughs> this big alarm. I remember that too. The alarm bell went off. It went, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? And I walked in and I was like, there's fucking no one here. Everyone's gone. It was, yeah, bizarre. But, and then I think the next post you had, you were running around with two lady boys downtown. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Wasn't it, Boomer? <laughs> I think so. I think you might be making stories up, Tony. I'm not really no, sure. Oh, I don't this. know. Oh, I have fuck to go off. Whatever. <laughs> well, we Tony, didn't see that. Are you but telling they... me you're going to go to Turkey and not eat a kebab? Oh. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> or a fair corn dog. <laughs> Extended corn dog. <laughs> Wow, I think we've reached the end of the show. <laughs> I think we have. Well, for you to say. <laughs> I think you've been reached deep, buddy. <laughs> I fucking reached deep. <laughs> hey, so I've got to say, you know, whenever we get together, uh, unfortunately for our listeners, it's a little bit sporadic recently. I think we're going to change a that. A little in- bit. 
I think we're going to change that in 2022. This is. Uh, no, nah, we got to do this more, man. This is too much fun. It is. It is. And we're going to have more people on and blah, 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 blah. But this is good. I enjoy spending time with you guys. It's it's easy. We get to talk about whatever the fuck we want. And I'm sure there will be lots of repercussions from any conversation I ever have. But it's fine. I take it in the nose. <laughs> we'll talk about my tooling situation next time. Yes. Let's do that. So is, when it, we- it's, is that not, it's kind of similar to your, uh, well, not really, but it sort of. I got a question before situation. we sign off. Okay. On your new, on your new citizen, did you get a chip compare? Yes. Is it there? It's there. Did you get a scraper or a belt type? It's a belt type. Ooh. I'm fucking scraping mine out with a garden hoe. You've probably got the wrong type of conveyor, right? Who? You. I don't have a conveyor. It's still on back order. I'm using a garden hoe. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> That's the wrong kind of conveyor. <laughs> the TC2000. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. From LNS. <laughs> only works in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> it only works when he's beaned up. Boom. Exactly. I need a fucking double shot in that coffee and then I'll hoe it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So this That's why is... you need the pharmacy guy there, man. Come on. <laughs> Bring me the meds. <laughs> we'll get it out first. <laughs> so if you're listening right now, this is the last 2021 podcast of the Machine Therapy Hotline. And we're sorry. No, we're not. Okay. No, fuck them. <laughs> no, we're not sorry at all. <laughs> we're fucking busy. You can you, we can we can all pretend that we're not or whatever, but at the end of the day, we do this for fun and we're glad that you listen and we really want you to participate. It's awesome, but we do this for fun. This is not a job. This is We don't get paid for this. We just do this as machinists and business owners and yawners and everything else. Like it's, this is 2021, baby. 2022 is just around the corner. In fact, for me, it's tonight. I got a question. Bigger is than it, ever. Is it 2022 or is it 2022? I don't know what you're saying right now, but I'm sure it's really impressive. Well, what really we don't impressive. want is another 2022. We want a 2022. You follow yet? Is it 2020? T O O. Exactly. <laughs> no, can't be. <laughs> Tony's on the crack pipe. Uh, so, it's been hanging out with Hank. He has been hanging out with you. You know what? Hank has been on the fucking roll today. <laughs> Hank is like, what? <laughs> He's like, I'm going to make a Savit calendar. Oh no, Jody said no. <laughs> <He's> just... <laughs> what the fuck is going on? I'm going to make a Savit calendar. But you calendar. know what? Jody says no. He's an idiot. What? <laughs> people sent me direct messages going, Is Hank okay? We haven't seen him in a long time. <laughs> They did. Seriously, I'm not making that. I can't make that shit up. True. True, 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 true. So anyway, thank you for everybody that's tuned in for us this year, the previous years. And Machinist Therapy Hotline wouldn't be without machinists. And we are the therapy. And, of course, Boomer has his own hotline, which is like he will tell you that DM, DM, DM. Um, But 2022 is... Is ready for us 
And I can't wait to see what you guys are doing and what we're going to do. Fuck yeah. Let's make this happen. Let's do it. Okay. More Hank in 2022. Okay. More Hank. Tony, if you could give one sentence of wisdom to anybody listening, ready for 2022, what would you say? I'd say if you're in it to win it, give it your all and don't be a fuckstick. Shane, if you could give any sentence for 2022, (laughs) what would you say? Uh, What the fuck is going on? I would say have fun, get paid, and get laid. Yeah. <laughs> and nobody rides for free, bitch. Yep. <laughs> Cash, grass, or ass. <laughs> well, if I have any words of wisdom, it would be it would be spit in your hand before you do everything. <laughs> Remember, uh, <laughs> he's going deep. I see it. No, 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 no. no. He's even like staring off into the distance. <laughs> no, 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 he was, no, no, no. He was no, pulling no. from his fucking soul on that. No, 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 no. That's it. Just remember. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 2021. It's been awesome, but you know what? Fuck you. Let's get into 2022. Machine Therapy Hotline. We're here next year. We hope you are too. Love you all. Goodbye. Signing out. Cheers.